Wednesday, welcome in. How we doing, everybody? I hope you're doing well. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios on this Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at Noon, presented uh, in the first hour by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. AC tune-up, you need your furnace looked at, they'll get the job done for you. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Parker Thune, how we doing? You're back. I'm back, Steely. Made the trek back through the Flint Hills of Kansas last night. But yes, once again, able to see your lovely face here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. I much enjoy being here, physically present, than being somewhere in middle America, as the Counting Crows once said. You but said literally yesterday you were in your grandma's basement. That's, uh, that's where I was. Is it a nice basement? Grandma- no, it's a very nice basement. Like my grandparents have been, I mean, my grandfather's been retired for darn near 25 years at this point, pretty much my whole life. So uh, they do have a nice house out in Overland Park. I guess it's not really a basement. It's one of those deals where the ground is situated higher on the front side of the house than it is on the back side. So you can walk out on the back porch and, you know, you're on the, you're standing on the ground. Good. That but, sounds a lot better because I was a little bit terrified. It sounded like you might've had serial kill, killer trophies in, in a basement or something. But since it wasn't really underground, I am no longer terrified, you know? So that's good. That's good to know, but it's good to have you back. And uh, you got back from uh, the Kansas City area, and uh, things are looking good for the Sooners there with one five-star prospect and a couple of other prospects. Right? Yeah, you want to talk about a serial killer? <laughs> Williams that would Winnery. be five-star defensive serial, end. Williams serial Winnery. quarterback killer, right? Yeah, yeah there no you joke. Go. That ooh man, that kid looks so good, Steely. Like he looks like the type of like if. If you met that kid on the street, if you would just pass him on the street and I elbowed you and said, that kid just got drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, you'd probably believe it. Yeah. He's that physically Definitely impressive. got that look about him, no doubt. Okay, so you go down there, you talk to the prospects there. Uh, what's the high school again? I'm drawing a blank. Lee's Summit Lee's North. Summit. We're going to have to play the dial-up internet sounder for me real quick again. We'll, we'll switch to that first. Here's my brain right now live. Some of you know this sound. Is that really what it sounded like? That was it. And that final sound, when you, once you heard the burr, burr, that, that was the sound of success right there. Some of you know that sound. You that just, did not sound like the sound of success. You just got on America Online, baby, when you heard that. Everything was good. Everything was good. My right. mental connotation for that sound is not, is not what I would term success. <laughs> it is tough on the ears, man, isn't it? Okay. It sounds uh, like a sound effect. If, like if you were playing Galaga yeah, back in the mid-'80s. Sounds like the sound bit. effect when one of the space ships blows up but you were saying come on come on now come on you can do it and then finally success okay so you're at least summit and again uh you know two other prospects again for the sooners uh you know coming as well you think besides williams winery yes eventually. 25 defensive tackle kamari moore is a guy that looks really really good heading into his junior year could have the type of breakout season well not necessarily the exact type of breakout season that we saw last year from Williams and Winery and that he shoots up to the national top 100 but breakout junior year should be on the way for that kid uh, Oklahoma is the clear 
and an obvious leader in his recruitment. And then, of course, you got the legacy legacy four star twenty twenty five wide receiver Isaiah Mosey, who uh, can safely be penciled into Oklahoma's twenty twenty five class as well. There you go. All right. Uh, so after you get back, do you have an even better feeling about Williams Winery picking Oklahoma than you did? And, and you had a really good feeling about it before you took that trip. Did it stay I've, the same? Did it get a little bit better? Where are you there? I've really never had a reason to doubt it, at least not recently, Steely, over the course of this spring and summer. Oklahoma has been in pole position for Williams and Winery for quite some time, regardless of what – some of the national talking heads have said Oklahoma has always maintained the inside track in this recruitment. And from all the conversations I had yesterday, including one with Nwaneri himself, it seems apparent that that hasn't changed. All right, so the news yesterday, Zion Raggins did commit to Oklahoma. Of course, uh, that was expected as well. And people are pretty excited if they hadn't seen his uh, game highlights, and you saw some of the tweets last night, the side-by-side video comparison of, of uh, Raggins and Hollywood Brown. He's got a great chance to stretch the field. What I like about this wide receiver class so far, and you have five in this class, you have size, you have uh, speed, you've got a little bit of everything. It looks like they've covered pretty much every base in this wide receiver class. No, they really have, and I mean, can you think of a time offhand, Steely, as we know you're a lot older yes. than I am. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a time off the top of your head where Oklahoma signed five wide receivers in a single class? I can. Every, you know, everybody thinks back to the, uh, the class where, if you believe it was three stars or two stars and a four-and-a-half star uh, with Hazelwood Bridges and uh, who was the other one? It was um, Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss, yeah. Uh, people were excited about that, but it's – it's clearly, um, you know, it's interesting they get five. Terry Bussey again, uh, looks like he's headed to Texas A&M. But it looks like, again, they've got a wide variety of pretty good prospects in this class with the five that they have committed right now. All right, SEC Media Days continuing today in Nashville. Nick Saban was asked about what do you think about the Sooners in Texas Next fall in the SEC. Oh, I think it's a great addition to the SEC. I mean, you've got two um, great programs that have great traditions, um, that have great fan support. Uh, I think it, the map of the SEC it is stronger than ever. Uh, I think the competition is going to be, um, it's always been difficult. It's going to be even more challenging. Uh, because you've got two really, really good programs who have consistently, if you look at the past, have been you know, top ten programs for a lot of years, um, won national championships. Um, so they're going to add a lot to the competition. I think with the new scheduling that we'll have in the future, it's uh, more good games for fans, more diversity in who you play. Uh, so there's a lot of positives you know about it. Uh, from a coaching standpoint, it's going to be much more challenging to be able to compete week in and week out because I, I think when you look at the SEC, the thing that separates it is not the top, but the depth. How, how many good teams there are. Well, and it just means more, of course. And by the way, I said next fall, next fall, fall of 2024. But uh, do we like Nick Saban? What do you, you mean, guys think? Do we like Nick Saban? Do we like former future Texas head football coach Nick Saban? Yeah. I mean, that's what we heard for a while, We found right? out today that Nick Saban is a carrot cake guy. 
Uh, which I which, like that. I'm, hey, a car- you know, I'm, a, I'm a carrot cake guy, too. Me, too, man. Mad respect for the GOAT. He likes the Stones. He loves to play Gimme Shelter on the way home after a big victory. I can respect that. Me and Nick Saban are not so different. I like Nick Saban. I like Nick Saban. At first, I didn't think, you know, the press conference stuff, I don't mind that. It's always a good soundbite when he gets mad at the Alabama press corps. But uh, just looking at, you know, some features that uh, have been done on Nick Saban, I've decided I like the guy. So I want to know where Sooner fans are. Do you like Nick Saban or not? Or is he a hated guy? Like, there are a lot more coaches in the SEC that I would put on a list of I don't like you ahead of Nick Saban. Brian Kelly, number one, of course. Uh, I like Sam Pittman, too. Sam Pittman seems cool. I like Sam Pittman. He's the guy who said, I like an old cold bear. I ain't promoting it, but I like an old cold bear. That's Sam Pittman. You have to respect that. Lane Kiffin, thoughts? Um, I, I, I'm hot and cold on Lane Kiffin. He seems to like attention too much, but he's perfect for this day and age. He's a, a younger head coach somewhat, but, uh, Jimbo Fisher, certainly right. 918, uh, Brian Kelly, those guys. I, I just don't think, I don't like Brian Kelly. I really don't. Particularly after I hold the kid, the, heard the kid on the scaffolding story, you know, get up there and do your job basically in 80 mile an hour winds or whatever it was. Um, Kirby Smart, eh, eh, I can't respect a haircut there. Uh, respect the coaching, the haircut's a little too bowl cut for me, for an older dude. Uh, and it appears that they're kind of running rampant there in that program. And not in a good way. If you run rampant, usually it's not in a good way. Can you run rampant and it'd be a good situation, I guess? Generally, the answer to that question would be no. What's uh, what's Will Muschamp doing these days? What's he up to? If you ask me where Will Muschamp works, mm-hmm. I could not tell you. Where is Will Muschamp? I should know that. You're going to tell me, and I'm going to go, yeah, that's right. Oh, he's an assistant under Kirby Smart at Georgia. Yeah, I thought he was somewhere in the SEC, but dial up internet again. Uh, but I would definitely – what about Eli Drinkwitz? There's something wrong with his medulla oblongata. <laughs> there appears to be. Oh, well, <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz. Oh, man, I got some Eli Drinkwitz stories. None that I can tell right now. But, yeah, that's a character. Yeah, he's polarizing is the word I would likely use. He's a different breed of cat. Eli Drinkwitz. You know, he's from Norman. I believe he's a Norman High graduate. Is he really? I had no idea about that. What? I can't remember if he graduated from Norman High or if he was just born in Norman. Let me let me do some quick Google research here. Uh, I guess it doesn't say where he graduated high school, Hmm. but somebody confirmed that Eli Drinkwitz went to Norman High School. He is from. He was born in Norman, Oklahoma, and graduated from Arkansas Tech. I had no idea. You know I what Arkansas no Tech's mascot is? Arkansas Tech hillbillies. Actually, not far. No, you're not far off there. What is it? The Arkansas Tech Wonder Boys. I kid you not. <laughs> they are the Arkansas Tech Wonder Boys. Eli Drinkwitz is a proud Wonder Boy. Yeah. So uh, anyway. 
All right, so we've decided uh, some people are saying, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of hate for Nick Saban on the text line, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Mongo did say my sister dated an obnoxious boyfriend who was a diehard LSU fan back in 2004, so I grew to hate Nick Saban by association. Yeah, I get that. But the more I learn about the guy, he seems like a pretty good dude away from the football season, you know. Seems like it. Like I said, I got re- mad respect for his love of carrot cake and gimme shelter. So that two steps in the positive direction right there for Nick Saban for me. All right, we got a break. We're just underway. 405-651-3439. Taylor Tatum's decision coming up at 11 a.m. on Friday. We'll get into that. And Mike Wilbon. Michael Wilbon, really? You actually went there? Oh, are we going to get into that? Oh, yeah. Come on. And who's Clarence Hill Jr.? Is he is he with the Dallas Morning News? I think he's with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Man, people are after him, too. The, you know, we're the most worthless society ever. It's just Twitter argument after Twitter argument after Twitter argument after Twitter argument. And I think you jumped in, too, didn't oh, you? Oh, you know I did. Uh, yeah, Parker came we'll in. We'll get into it. From the top rope. We'll talk about it coming up next. I think it's still going down. I'm always, uh, you know who's always the first one in the ring, it seems like? Travis Davidson. He's the first one in the ring, I think, fighting for the Sooner Nation out there on social media. He must have notifications for like 9 million people on his phone because immediately Travis Davidson is defending the Sooner Nation. I mean, he has got his sword and his shield and everything, and he is doing battle. But, uh, you know, we talked yesterday about what Brent said, you know, about Deion Sanders. And basically it wasn't he didn't pull a Deion. And uh, I think more than anything else, it was about the philosophies of the way they handled their situations at Colorado and Oklahoma, respectively. And I don't think it was an absolute slam at, at Deion Sanders by any means. Now, did he body slam Mario Cristobal? Yes. That was a uh, that was an elbow off the top rope, I thought, from Brent. But the Dion stuff, I don't know. I mean, I think Dion was out there so publicly with the way he handled that situation. You had a video right off the bat that that's a reference that Brent was using in the way some coaches handle that situation, and others would handle it differently, like Brent did. Plus, they're totally different situations. But did you see anything from the Dion comments that really stood out to you when it first came down? Like, oh, wow, man, that is – that's something right there. I didn't. I did – the Cristobal one, to me, was much more incendiary than what Brent said about Dion. What did you think? If Venables took a pot shot at anybody last week, it was very obviously Mario Cristobal in Miami. Specifically at, mentioning scores and teams. Correct. Yes. At face value, there was nothing remotely incendiary about what Brent Venables said in reference to Dion. He just said, look, I basically what I drew from that is Dion has his way of doing things. I have my way. And I choose to give guys a grace period. Like he didn't condemn what Dion did. He tried didn't try to paint Dion as a bad person, but people had their perceptions, people had their inferences. And it all got blown out of proportion very quickly when it hit the mainstream on Sunday evening slash Monday morning. The one thing, maybe you just don't name drop there. You know, maybe that's it because yeah, you if you say Colorado instead yeah, of Dion, you know, maybe it doesn't blow up like this. But this was PTI yesterday. Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon. Here's how the exchange went down when they were talking about what Brent said 
about Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. Will Bonda, Venables' comments make him look better or worse? Well, you're asking me for my opinion on Venables. It makes him look like a sanctimonious college, loudmouth, know-it-all college football coach who doesn't like Deion. And so let me talk about who I do and don't like. I, you know, Deion's out there. Deion's way out there like Saturn's rings with what he's doing and his approach. And I'm going to root for him as hard, so hard, you would think his last name was Wilbon, to beat all these loudmouth, sanctimonious, self-righteous college football coaches who dislike Deion for whatever reasons. I have my own suspicions. And they don't like Deion. They want to take shots at Deion. I am rooting so hard for Deion. He better win, though. Because Dion's way what? out there. He's way out there. But I'm rooting for him hard. Yeah. I may go and buy season tickets at Colorado to go and sit in the stands and root for Dion to beat people like the loudmouth, sanctimonious Venables. Oh, there you go. Hot take Wilbon right there. The, the thing that really stood out to me, for whatever reason, I have my suspicions, which implies what? What card is being played there? We know. It's we know exactly the, what the. It's not the. It's we not know exactly the, what Will Bond's referencing. It's not the Queen of Hearts, uh, and that to me is just the most ridiculous leap you can make. I mean, come on. Basically, he's saying Will Bond. Yeah, this is. Let's play that exchange. You're look at Parker Thune. You're 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 just so far ahead of the game. This again was the key phrase. I thought. To beat all these loudmouth, sanctimonious, self-righteous college football coaches who dislike Dion for whatever reasons, I have my own suspicions. I mean, to go there is—that's a Bob Beeman type leap in the long jump way back in the day, right? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So basically, what we're is saying: anybody, you know, any whites. Head coach who says something about Dion or criticizes Dion, which I don't think that was hardly any criticism of all from Brent. Well, it's got to be because of race, which is ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. And the fact that you've had other people jumping in on the Twitter discourse like that, like that fella Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, like that entire side of the discourse is patently absurd. And what's even more absurd is all those same people are not going, well, Wilbon never mentioned race. I never mentioned race. Why, why, why is this it getting was dragged total, into this? That was, like, you couldn't oh, okay, that Oh, okay, so you can, you can draw, you, you can make an insinuation about what Brent Venables meant, but the second anybody draws a very obvious line to connect the dots in what Wilbon and others have said, suddenly that's taboo. Yeah, and again... Um, do we have some racist coaches in the country? I'm sure we do. But that comment right there was not about that at all. And, again, it is – to me, it's just – it's not only emblematic of just the way our society is right now, but we get into the stupidest discussions sometimes. And, look, we're discussing it right now. The thing that stood out to me because I heard, okay, I saw what Will Bond kind of – you know, Wilbon takes a you know a shot at Brent Venables and on PTI today, and I listen to it and I get again if you don't dig deep into what he's talking about, that might look a little bit strange. But when I saw the comments and he said, I I have my suspicions, I mean, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Just gotta be kidding me. It, it's crazy. 
So tell me about the Clarence Hill Jr. fights. Is Travis Davidson on the front lines there too? Yes, Travis Davidson is on the front lines. Clarence Hill found his way into my mentions last night trying to get his 15 minutes of fame in this whole exchange. And apparently Clarence Hill is a horn. I don't know Clarence Hill. I don't know about him. I, I don't know his background. Apparently the people in my comment section are saying he is a longhorn, and that's part of the reason why he's trying to throw shade at Venables in Oklahoma and drop his two cents when and where he can. But, yes, Travis Davidson is on the front lines. I, I have tried not to engage with those folks. But I, I did put out a tweet last night where basically I was just like, look, can we get our facts straight on this? Brent didn't take a shot at Dion. Some of you may have interpreted it like that, but you cannot sit here and say that that was his intent. You cannot make that assumption about what Venables was trying to convey because at face value, it was a completely benign comment. And then you have people like Clarence Hill jumping in on the conversation and going, sounds about white. Are we serious? Is this what it's come to? You know, it has, in many ways, it has, uh, you know, I think we've made some uh, inroads in race relations over the years, but it's sometimes, again, it's not always about race. No, it's sometimes not. Sometimes it is about for, race. For, but for but some people it, it is. Yes, that's right. And, and this is Brent Venables you're talking about. It's I mean, not as if you're talking about a coach who has a checkered past. No. In that no. capacity or any capacity, you're talking about an individual who is universally regarded as a stand-up character and has been for 30 years in this profession. Yeah. Travis says, it's in my Viking blood. He loves a, he loves a good battle. Travis Davidson. I have no doubt, Travis. I have no, dra- no doubt about it. By the way, uh, speaking of the Vikings, watching Quarterback on Netflix, have you jumped into it yet? No, I haven't jumped it's into it. It's pretty good. You know, it's- I always thought I would like Kirk Cousins, even though he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL. But I really like Kirk Cousins now after watching Quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, big fan, squeaky little voice, drives me crazy, of course. Uh, Marcus Mariota, <laughs> kind of boring. But the Kirk Cousins stuff, to me, has been the best. Who does Marcus Mariota play for? The Atlanta Falcons. Still? He's still on that team? I He's don't still know. They wave him around. It's from, you know, it was Peyton Manning produced this uh, series quarterback. It's good. It's worth watching. But I really like Kirk Cousins. Seems like a good dude, down-to-earth dude, uh, Pretty tougher than I imagined. Uh, if you see all the hits that he has taken over the years, and um, it, it's a good series. I, I highly recommend it. I know some of you probably have already seen uh, maybe the whole the whole season of quarterback, but it's good. Anyway, all right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Michael Wilbon is a Northwestern grad. He's smarter than that. But I mean, come on to say, well, I have my suspicions. I mean, come on, dude. That is just it's ridiculous. Um, it really is. All right, so let's get some more texts in. We've got a lot of things happening today. Caden McFarland is going to join us at 1.35 today. Uh, we'll talk about the Taylor Tatum situation. Friday, 11 a.m., the big decision for the five-star running back. Could be a huge get for Oklahoma after the Sooners landed Zion Raggins yesterday. We'll talk a little more recruiting and uh, some more Sooner football. What else is there? Nothing. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you on a Wednesday here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. 
If you want to eliminate reading glasses and see like a champion, if you're over 40 or if you're nearly 60 like me, you're either farsighted, nearsighted, we have a solution. You need to call my guy, Dr. Bellardo, who's been in the business for years and years and years. They are the leaders at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They've been the leaders for well over 20 years now. You can get a free consultation from Dr. B himself and his professional team. 405-755-7700. That's 405-755-7700. Or go online to alcok.com and uh, see if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. As they always say, you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, 405-755-7700 or online at alcok.com. Sam Pittman, the Arkansas coach, grew up in the state of Oklahoma. Grove, Oklahoma, was asked moments ago at SEC Media Days if he has any uh, big memories. I think we may need to stretch. Is that it? I hope I got it all recorded. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I guess that is. It's 50 seconds. Okay, my bad. Uh, This is Sam Pittman talking about He was asked, do you have any uh, memories about Oklahoma football and growing up a Sooner fan? Oh, I got a bunch of them. <laughs> Brian Bosworth, you know, one of them, and I was a football fan, but one of them was when Arkansas, you know, in 78, you know, OU's got to win a natty or win the game, they win the natty, and then, you know, Arkansas got them 31 to 6. I, I, at that point, I wasn't, a, I wasn't an Arkansas fan, I was an OU fan, you know, it's time, but, you know, um, you have Billy Sims. I mean, there's a lot of great memories. Um, we couldn't really afford to go to the game or anything like that, but um, a lot of great memories. Oklahoma, Barry Switzer, you know, of course, Stoops now, you know, was the next one. And, um, yeah, a lot of great memories. Powerful program, um, great program. That was a nightmare of a night for Oklahoma fans. If you're my age, you remember that night, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Roland Sales ran for a then Orange Bowl record, 206, 207 yards. Uh, Ron Calcagney was the quarterback for the Razorbacks. The Sooners stunk it up that night. They weren't very good. Arkansas, the big story heading into that game was that Arkansas had, uh, I think it was Ben Cowens, Bobby Duckworth, and Michael Forrest Three of their best players were suspended for that game. And the Sooners went in overconfident. I think they probably partied too much down there in Miami. And Arkansas put it to them, 31-6. That was one of the worst losses for me growing up as an Oklahoma fan. That one in probably the 78 game in Lincoln. All right, so we like Sam Pittman. Are the other SEC coaches, yay or nay? Nick Saban. Yay. I'm, I'm all right with Nick Saban. Kirby Smart. Nay. Yeah. Not a Kirby guy. Brian Kelly, definite nay for me. Uh, yeah, nay, yeah, nay all day. Josh Heupel? I'm good with Josh. Nay. Why are you naying? Uh, oh, yeah. He's, you know what? He Josh Heupel, He big-timed you a couple times. He did big-time me at uh, the coaches' convention down in San Antonio a couple years back. That was the only in-person interaction I've ever had with Josh Heupel, but it left a sour taste in my mouth, so I'm going nay. Didn't he know that you were Parker Thune? He did not. Child media prodigy. Should he have known? Also, probably not. All right, I'm going yay on high pole, and uh, you're going nay. Mark Stoops. We like Mark Stoops. Yes. Shane Beaver. Okay Mark Stoops. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. On Shane Beaver. Yay. Sam Pittman's a yes. We like him. Eli Drinkwitz. 
Nay. There's something wrong when he's medulla oblongata. Billy Napier. I don't know if I know enough about Billy Napier. I'll go yay on Billy. I'll based go nay. On, based on what I know. I don't like Florida. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, definite nay. We don't like hillbillies around here. Uh, Jimbo is one. Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin, I, Lane Kiffin is on the yay side of things for me right now. I'll put him slightly on the yay side. He, he likes a little too much attention. He's a little bit too involved with social media for me for a man of that age. But, uh, you know, I'm the old man. So how about Zach Arnett at Mississippi State? I have no Undecided. I, 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 I don't know anything about Zach Arnett. I don't either. Other than he's a pretty good defensive mind, I have no idea what he, like, who he is as a person. How about Hugh Freeze? Nay. 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 Out on Hugh Freeze. How about, who's the bandy coach, Clark Lee? Clark Lee. Undecided. He is probably the most in-shape head coach in the entire Power Five. I'll give him that. That man looks like a Navy SEAL. Okay. Looks so like he could crush you under his thumb. Guys that uh, we – I'm putting Nick Saban. I like Nick Saban. Uh, people that I'm putting, again, that you would think. Uh, again, guys that we don't like, Kirby Smarts, Brian Kelly. We're neutral on Josh Heupel. Josh, apparently, big-time Parker Thune back in the day, so he's a nay. Uh, we don't like Jimbo. We don't like Eli Drinkwitz. And we don't like Hugh Freeze. So Saban, at the very worst, would be six on that list. To me, it's Brian Kelly, one, in terms of people I don't like. Jimbo, two. I'd probably go Eli Drinkwitz, three. Hugh Freeze, four. Kirby Smart, five. Ronnie Crimson on the text line says, Love how Sam Pittman skipped over mule shoe when talking about OU coaches. That's right, Ronnie. Lou Holtz says the 405. Yeah, Lou Holtz was the head coach at Arkansas at that time. That was a, that was a tough night for OU. Really tough night. Now do the Big 12. Hmm. The Big 12, yay or nays. Big 12 should be a lot easier to. Kalani Sataki is cool. Dave Aranda, I'm not sure how I feel about a cyborg. Uh, <laughs> neutral. Uh, Scott Satterfield at Cincinnati, undecided. Dana Holgerson is a yes. Really? Yeah, He's an like, A for me. Uh, Matt Campbell's a Yes. Lance Leipold is a yes. Big yes on Leipold. Chris Kleiman is a yes. Really good coach. Yeah. Kansas State, man, there may not be a team or a program better coached, you know, that is not a powerhouse program. It's a good program now, but one that is better coached than Kansas State year in, year out. And yes, Kansas, you can th- like, I will say this, and it's going to sound hyperbolic. I mean this 100%. There is total sincerity when I say this. I truly believe Kansas State might have the strongest organizational culture in the entire country in college football. It's pretty good, man. It really is. And uh, Bill Snyder, man, it still carries on. Now, again, some of that uh, happened. Again, um, you know, they got away from it when Ron Prince was there. Bill Snyder even came back, kind of reestablished the culture again. Chris Kleiman's been great. Uh, Mike Gundy's a yes. Mike Gundy, a yes for you in terms of we like Mike Gundy? I will give Mike Gundy a yes. I've got a for the entertainment factor. for Mike Gundy. Did his high school state championship game. I like the Gundy family, so Mike Gundy's always going to be good with me. He, 
he does some things you're like, man, what are you thinking, dude? Don't do that. But I, I'm always going to like Mike Gundy. TCU, Sonny Dykes. Nope. Just don't like him. Don't like TCU. Don't like TCU. Steve Sarkeesian. See, here's the thing. I liked Sark until he tried to throw down with that Alamo Bowl. In that, to me, was yes, because I was like, Sark's kind of halfway likable, you know. But it was coming after Tom Herman, who was a complete D-bag, always reminding you that he was in Mensa, uh, quoting John Steinbeck. I'm like, dude, shut up. Uh, but Sark <laughs> went complete serial killer on that production assistant at the uh, at the ball game. It was very frightening. Texas Tech, Joey McGuire, yes. Uh, Gus Malzahn. I, I like Gus Malzahn. It will give I me don't yes. love Gus Malzahn, but I like Gus well, Malzahn. I, Gus is likable. Uh, and then Neil Brown. Nick Benita. You know what was hilarious? I never told this story. So you know Big 12 Media Days. Like, obviously, wherever Brent Venables walks... There's paparazzi following him. You know, anywhere he goes, there's somebody from his past, you know, trying to introduce themselves. Oh, I covered you at Kansas State 30 years ago. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there are a couple of the newspaper reporters trying to get a question on record with their uh, phones on. And, you know, basically anywhere somebody like Brent Venables goes, and you could say the same for Steve Sarkeesian because of the size of their beats and obviously the magnitude of their positions, they, whenever they are out there on the turf at AT&T Stadium for Big 12 Media Days, unless until or unless they're whisked away by their sports information directors, uh, they are constantly bombarded with attention. Neil Brown. Lonely, I, I, I'm I, Mr. Lonely. I kid you not. I am sitting there on Radio Row, which stretches two tables. Uh, so they're like two lines of tables, two rows of tables that stretch all the way across the end zone. So card tables lined up for 53 yards in two rows all across the turf. Neil Brown spends five, ten minutes just wandering up and down Radio Road. There is not a sports information director next to him. There is no uh, he, There is no player. With, he's literally just alone wandering up and down Radio Row, I guess looking for somebody to interview him, got no attention whatsoever. Wow. You would have thought he was just a rando in a suit. You would have thought he was a radio host from, like an overdressed radio host from Houston whose show finished up at 11 a.m. And had nothing to do with his afternoon. <laughs> Poor Neil Brown. It was the most bizarre thing I witnessed and last week. The execution order is out, man. He's a dead man walking. He needs to talk to Susan Sarandon before he's gone. All right, 405-651-3439. I do like Neil Brown, though. I do like Neil Brown, but he's going to be out of a job. The Sooners gave him his ninth life, uh, you know, with that horrible loss in Morgantown um, last year. All right, break time. Yeah, there's some news, man. This news on Perry on Winfrey is, what? Really? Not good. If you don't know about it, we'll tell you about it when we get back right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Rest in peace, Lemmy. Little motorhead. Like it. If you like to gamble, you need to be out at Riverwind Casino, over 2,800 electronic and games. And that's a segue Thank right you very there. very much. Yeah, right from Lemmy right to me. 
Best games, best bars and dining, best hotel, incredible service. Uh, think about all the giveaways that they've had. Uh, New Year's Eve, they gave over $165,000 away in cash bonus play and prizes uh, on the last New Year's Eve. Uh, they gave about five trips to the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl in 2023, showdown in the desert promotion. Now you need to be taking advantage of the 60K double play and double winnings promotion. Uh, the drawings are Friday and Saturday nights. You need to be playing with your wild cards to rack up the extra points to get extra entries in the drawing, particularly to get five times entries on Sundays and Mondays. But be there Friday and Saturday, preliminary drawings, 7 to 11.30. They'll award two winners every half hour with either $400 in cash or $400 in bonus play. And then just before midnight, two grand prize winning patrons are going to be selected to receive 1000 in cash or 1000 in bonus play plus any unclaimed cash from the preliminary drawing. So that's happening at Riverwind. Get out there Saturday, as you heard in the, uh, in the spot as well. Collective Soul will be on the Showplace Theater stage coming up uh, Friday night. It's Friday night, July 21st on Friday night for Collective Soul. But And get out there Friday and Saturday and uh, win some cash and bonus play in the 60K double play and double winnings promotion. All right, so the news on Perry on Winfrey. Browns release defensive tackle Perry on Winfrey following robbery incidents. The Cleveland Browns release defensive tackle Perry on Winfrey on Wednesday after police listed him as a suspect in an aggravated robbery incident. According to the police report, a woman claimed that she and a friend knew Winfrey and had his number in her phone. When she saw him in a hotel lobby, she shouted out his name. When he didn't respond, she called him a Afterward, Winfrey became upset, followed them outside the hotel. Nothing. Noting she became afraid, the woman started recording on her phone. And then, according to the report, Winfrey went for the phone saying, quote, I will smack up out of you before striking the left side of the neck of the woman. The woman also claimed that during the incident, Winfrey pulled up his shirt to show a handgun tucked in his waistband. After Winfrey left with their phones, the woman uh, the woman called the police. Winfrey refused to return to the scene despite police requesting him to. He did leave the phones on a crate in an alley for police to retrieve. Police say the phones had, quote, good video of Winfrey's action and, quote, clear audio of his threats, though the video didn't show the gun. The police report also said the woman had a red abrasion on her neck. So the move came three days after the start of Brown's training camp at the Greenbrier and White Springs uh, Sulphur uh, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, but Perrion Winfrey is gone from the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Not good, man. Not and, good. You know, like as a fourth, as a former fourth round draft pick, who's only got a year left in the league, you have an inc- or a year in the league to this point. If you have an incident like that, the odds you get a second chance are not terribly high. Yeah, and that really, no, I mean, you're that right. really hamstrings Perrion Winfrey in terms of his ability to get a second contract in the NFL after something like this. And I. I will add this. There's a reason the MVP of the Senior Bowl fell to the fourth round of the draft. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I figure people can read between the lines on that, but that's kind of the deal. Yeah, it's – you know what? Um, You can't soar with the Eagles if you're hanging with the turkeys either. But maybe you are the turkey. I don't know, but that's not good. Not good at all. All right. Uh, Doug in Norman. You want to read Doug in Norman's? Ah, yes. Here we go. Steely, I don't know how far back your history files go, but a couple years ago I tweeted a comment to KREF that Perrion Winfrey had character and effort issues, and that's why he fell so far in the NFL draft. I was attacked viciously. 
by KRF listeners as not knowing what I was talking about, even though Teddy Lehman had voiced similar concerns. I'm not going to say I told you so to the KRF lemmings, nor do I expect any apologies, but that is one of the reasons I quit Twitter. Hmm. There you go. All right, Doug, I believe you. Lemmings is a good word to use lemmings. It... I mean, I'm not saying we have a bunch of K-Rip lemmings, but Doug clearly is saying, you know what? I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. When you say, I'm not going to say I told you so, isn't that kind of saying I told you so, <laughs> oh, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Clearly it's telling you I told you so. But you take your you take your wins when you can get them, right? Doug has always been a guy not, not afraid to express his opinion, and he's not uh, afraid to swim against the stream. So... He gets a lot of flack, and he's clu- he's gotten some from me too. But I believe Doug, if he said that, so Doug, take your dub. It's not good, Phil, for Ter- Perry on Limerick. You're right, man. You're on a short leash already. Yeah. And uh, Stillwater sooner, maybe the Renegades will sign Perry on. I don't know. I don't know if Bob would do that. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's you know when you get these, it's just like the Ja Morant stuff. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And I don't know exactly what this – clearly this isn't good for Perry on Winfrey. But sometimes I'm like, if and maybe you are the issue. Like I said, maybe it's all you. But sometimes I think some of these guys uh, that continue to let their friends hang on, if their friends don't have good intentions and they're not of good character, cut them off, man. you got to cut them off. And I don't know if that's – the situation here, but it certainly looks that way with John Morant to me. And I'm thinking, dude, you've got everything and you've worked to get there and you're going to let some fool, you know, hang around you and continue to hang around those people. Sometimes you can tell the people in your life, maybe they were your elementary or high school friends or whatever, they're going down the wrong road. It's time to get on a different road, man. Maybe that's part of Perry on Winfrey's problem. I don't know. All right. Thank you, Riverwind. We'll be right back. Why are you smirking, Steely? I don't know. I'm just ready to start talking. You've got that mischievous grin on your I face. I do. I was just thinking about this audio clip that's going to be our orthocentral clip of the day. Did you hear Bob Stoops stuff Tim Weiser in a locker yesterday during uh, Bob's segment yesterday here on The Ref? I did not hear Bob stuff Tim Weiser in a locker. Well, Tim but Weiser as we know, was the dude who was the deputy commissioner of the Big 12. I guess he was at Kansas State for a while. He was on uh, with John Kurtz and company, you know, the – Big K-State guys. Ah, yes. John Kurtz. And he basically theorized that, you know, Texas didn't want to lose to Iowa State and Kansas State anymore. It would be better to lose to Florida and Georgia and people like that. And then he said that basically he thought the reason why Oklahoma left for the SEC is they left to follow Texas as sort of a reluctant bride. And uh, Bob Stoops in the rush yesterday Sounded like he uh, thought that Tim Weiser's comments were pretty ridiculous. By the way, I is it, John Kurtz was the one we had on the show in its infantile stages. I'm talking like September of 2021, and I'm pretty sure his uh, he he was not invited back because he said something to the effect of "I hate Oklahoma, I can't stand them." 
He that uh, did not go over very well with the Knipper Meyer Chevrolet text line. <laughs> He's a big K State guy, but yeah, he was basically body slammed Oklahoma. So anyway, this is what Bob said. He said he thought Tim Weiser's uh, comments were pretty ridiculous. No kidding. Of, of which hardly anybody knows who he is. And and seriously, I mean, uh, what have we? Uh, we hadn't done anything. I think we've only won half of all the Big 12 championships there's ever been. Is that right? Someone told me that the yep, other day. Yep, right. yep, yep. And, uh, and listen, financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we've carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. And truth be told, we've garnered more money even than Texas when, when you talk about TV money and how many times we've been on and what windows we've been on and the money we've generated. You know, and at the end of the day, financially, that matters. And if they wanted to keep us, if we were making all the money, why didn't five, eight years ago, why didn't they say, well, we're going to give you guys a bigger cut? Right. No one no one ever offered that until until we were gone. So, you know, in the end, so be it, you know, uh, you know, they got to try and save face and do whatever they have to do for the league. And that's okay. That's what they should do. That's their job. But, you know, us who know, no, you know, facts are the facts. There you go. Bob Stoops talking about Tim Weiser's comments from Big 12 Media Days last week. Let's see if we can decipher who is laughing after Bob said, hey, nobody knows who he is. If it was Teddy or Ty, it's like in the first Four seconds. Okay, let's, let's scrutinize yeah, this let's carefully. Go. Here we go. Listen closely. No kidding. Of, of which hardly anybody knows who he is. And and that's Teddy. He's got kind of a wheezing laugh going. Uh-huh. One no, more time. Teddy. Are we sure it's Teddy? Indisputably, <laughs> that is Teddy. Here we go. No right. kidding. Of, of which hardly anybody knows who he is. And, and <laughs> yep, that's <seriously>. Teddy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Do you think that uh, the Stoops boys ever stuffed anybody in a locker back in Youngstown? Oh, without up? question. You think they did? I don't know. I mean, you tell I mean, the story. Like they were raised pretty well, though. You they tell may the have... story all the time of Drake and Isaac beating up on the uh, the delivery man or whatever. Well, yeah, that was the Mr. Robert Furniture delivery. Apparently, oh, yes. Yeah, they go. were. Uh, but I tell you what, when Bob brought them in, though, when we did, I did the uh, Traber and I did the locker room show and. Uh, I can remember. I can't remember if it was Drake or Isaac, but uh, we were meeting the kids, and they, I don't know, they must have been, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, something like that, maybe. And um, Bob said, look, strike his, shake his hand, look him straight in the eye. And uh, so, I don't know, but it sounds like, you know, their dad was such a well-respected guy there at that high school, Cardinal Mooney and in Youngstown. They might have been in big trouble if they stuffed somebody in a locker. But I think they had the aggressive nature to do that. But I don't know. So you're betting that at some point in their Youngstown upbringing, they might have stuffed the other brother in the locker. You know, I'm sure there were some there were some rumbles among the uh, I mean, if you brothers are going to fight, you know, and do crazy things. But you were saying if you had to bet money, you would bet that one of the Stoops boys did stuff somebody in a locker back in, in Youngstown. Hang on. Is there another Stoops brother? Well, Is we're, there one besides the three? We're talking, Is there another one? We're talking about uh, just uh, Bob, Mike, or Mark. Yeah, but is there another one? Do we know? I'm trying to think. Is there another one? Now we're going to have to go ahead and Google it up. I don't know. Somebody let us know. I'm trying to remember. 
But you're saying yes. I don't know. Like vaguely, I think I I might recall there's another Stoops brother somewhere. But I don't think he's a football coach. Okay. Uh, Cherokee Sooner might have an answer for us. I seem to recall a story from No Excuses where Bob and his brothers beat the mess out of some poor schmuck in middle school. Oh, a schmuck got beat up. (laughs) The Stoops (laughs) wailed on a schmuck. Uh, Ron, there you go. Ron Stoops. Ron, that's right. That's right. That's right. We should have known that. Dial up internet again. That's my excuse. I did not know that. I mean, well, I guess I knew that. I just did, I didn't know the guy's name. I would say this. You probably didn't want to mess with the Stoops boys, though, back in uh, in Youngstown. If you got on the wrong side of the Stoops. I'm not saying that they would have come after you, but you don't want to mess with them, would be my guess. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That's 405-651-3439. What happened when you were growing up, if you were my age, Usually the way a game or an activity ended, if you had uh, young kids involved, particularly if they were boys, is it ended with somebody crying, injured. Michael, what did you do with your brother? You know, or something like that. Or, and then my brother, of course, became uh, very skilled at wrestling, and uh, then I was, I was done after that. But can you, you guys that are my age, you can, that's usually the way something ended is you would try and say, all right, we're going to keep playing. And Now, unless mom called you to dinner, because actually, believe it or not, uh, to you kids that might be listening now, we actually did a thing where we we went outside. We actually went outside of the home that we were in and played games there. All kinds of games. Tackle football, you know, stick ball. Hooping all the time. We were out fishing, playing, you know, in the summer. It was, for me, it was fishing and Little League Baseball. But we got, we got, there's a place called the Outdoors. And believe it or not, you can break away and go outside and do activities. And we actually did this. But when we played a game, almost certainly it ended up with somebody crying. That was it. Particularly if it was football. If it was football, somebody was going to cry. And that usually ended the game. It was either if dinner came first, but if you had a long game going on and dinner wasn't ready, usually somebody was crying and you got called in. I tell you what, back in my day, there weren't no iPad kids. That's right. We didn't didn't raise wimps back then. We raised real American heroes. Fortnite. Stuff like that. Oh, wait, I'm playing it. That's it, right? Um, <laughs> we we didn't raise people to be talking about ratios and where's my latest video. I got to take a selfie. Somebody's got to look at me. We didn't raise all these narcissistic people. We had real American heroes who were out destroying each other, playing tackle football and trying to make somebody cry to end the game. Somebody from the 405 said, stickball, did Steely grow up in 1950s Brooklyn? Well, it was a form of stickball. It was basically we would play in the street with a wiffle ball bat and a tennis ball. And if you hit it on uh, over this uh, two-story house that was about 70 yards away or so, then it was a home run. So that was our version of, of uh, stickball. Steely, your mom sounded like Gary's mom from Weird Science. <laughs> 
Who was it? Was it Kelly LeBrock that was in Weird Science that everybody had a crush on for a while? But uh, anyway, uh, 405-651-3439. You, did you get outside much as a kid? Oh, of course. You had Spent to. entire days outside. Really? Yeah. I, listen, Steely. Did you I'm, ever have a video game system or anything? Oh, of course. You did? And okay, I had, but you I, still I got did. outside? Yeah. I had a, I had a Nintendo GameCube. Mm-hmm. All right. That was my console of choice. And but was, I spent the vast majority of NFL my time. Street the most, right? There is there's never been a video game created that is as fun as NFL Street. NFL Street is like digital crack. It was a good game. It was a good pick up and play game, no doubt. A lot of laughs with that. We played it on my bachelor party. Now, your wedding is what, a couple weeks from this Saturday? Yeah, the fifth, August fifth. The fifth, all right. Because you mentioned a rando in a suit. That's what I'm going to be. Rando in a suit. Hey, maybe if I invite Neil Brown to my wedding, he'll show up. That's what you said Neil Brown looked like, a rando in a suit. So Neil Brown got the least attention of anybody at Media Days. You think Neil Brown will be one of my ushers? Can't hurt to extend the invitation. Maybe he can bring Nick Bonita. That's what I'll always remember about, you know, talking down the old OU players. They've got a great rusher, Nick Bonita. So uh, we used to play baseball with a racquetball. We also used to play a game called Breakfast is Served. I don't know why we called it that. But you would get a tennis racket and a tennis ball, and usually you made the younger brothers stand against the side of the house, and you would serve a tennis ball at them as hard as you could. Now, the younger brothers— And what was the game—like, what is the game there? The game— That feels like hazing more so than a game. The game was trying to— hit them with a tennis ball as hard as you could. Uh, and they would try and dodge the tennis ball. This is the way we entertained ourselves. We were trying to cause bodily harm to each other back in the day. So that one uh, that one resulted in a few crying incidents, and the game was, was called by mom on a few occasions. So, yeah, we just decided that, you know what? Why don't you guys go stand over there by the wall, okay? We're going to serve tennis balls at you as hard as we can. You try and dodge them. Sound good? All right, let's go. That's how you create real American heroes as kids. Not this namby-pamby, you know, stay on the phone all day and watching streaming stuff. We created kids who knew the value of a dollar and knew the value of pain. Sounds like a version of wall ball. Yeah, pretty much like it, 512, pretty much like it. All right, uh, we are going to, ladies and gentlemen, take a break right here. We have Cade McFarland coming up at 135. Let's talk pseudo-recruiting. Zion Raggins committed to Oklahoma yesterday. Looks like Taylor Tatum is headed to the Oklahoma fold as well on Friday. What about Will Winery? What about Michael Patterson McDonald, David Stone, Nigel Smith, Dominic McKinley, Danny Okoye, Grant Bricks, Caden Durham, Zena Omazulu. We'll get an update from the man who knows all, Parker Thune, next, right here on The Ref. All right, we're back. Good to have you with us. Had to cut a little promo during the break. You know what happens? And this has happened at every radio station I've ever been at. What happens? The salespeople do a fine job. A fine job. They really do. I sense a butt coming. They work hard for the money, so you better treat them right. But when it comes to writing copy, 
Like for a 30-second spot, they're going to give you 40 seconds worth of uh, text. If it's a 60-second spot, they're going to give you 75 yeah, seconds worth. That, and you got to try and edit it. That's when we but find out how good you are in no, your job, Steely. you, you got to talk that. fast. I know. Every commercial break, I hear myself. I'm like, I sound like the old FedEx guy. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I implore the people in sales in any capacity – that you cannot do like a 30-second spot with 40 seconds worth of copy. It's, it's this process called editing. you got to get the really strong points out there. It's impossible to do like 38 seconds worth of copy in 30 seconds. I sound like the FedEx guy on every spot I do. When you say the FedEx guy, what is the FedEx guy? Back in the day, like? pull up the FedEx uh, fast-talking commercial. Okay. Maybe you can find that on YouTube. FedEx Fast Talker. There you go. Don't pull up the Family Guy version. All right, let's see. Uh, funny 1980s. Yes, there you go. Okay, so this, this is— This will be clean. Yes, this will be good. Okay. All right, this will be the—this is how I sound on every commercial because there's too much copy. Not coffee, copy. Okay, here we go. Okay, you and this travel plans. I need to be in New York on Monday, LA on Tuesday, New York on Wednesday, LA on Thursday, New York on Friday. Got it? Got it. Got it. So you want to work here? What really makes you think you deserve a job here? Well, sir, I think I'm like it. I'm good at figures and I have a sharp mind. Excellent. Can you start on Monday? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Without hesitation. Congratulations. Welcome aboard. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And in conclusion, Jim, Bill, Bob, call Fred, Low, Dork, Adam, and Ted. Business is business. And as we all know, in order to get something done, you got to do something. In order to do something, we got to get to work. So let's get to work. Thank you for taking me. PD did a bang up job. I'm putting you in charge of Pittsburgh. Yes, right, right. I know it's perfect, Peter. That's why I picked There you Pittsburgh. go. That's Pittsburgh. the FedEx Fast Talker. That's how I sound in every commercial now. Oh, jeez. Okay. Old man yells at cloud again. Those were big commercials for a couple of years back in the day. Back to the 80s when life was much more simple. Much more simple. All right. 405-651-3439. Neil Brown is slowly turning into Artie Lane. There's a side-by-side. That's pretty good. Uh, hearing you talk about games you played as a child reminds me of all the different games we played on Liddell Field and the Trails of the Neighborhood. Games included uh, people like Zach Taylor, Press Taylor, Kellen Sampson, Zach Selman, and Ryan Broyles. Needless to say, the competition levels were high. <laughs> what a group that would have been, man. What a group. Imagine you got to lock down Ryan Broyles in man coverage as a 12-year-old. Oh, man, that's crazy. But, yeah, we invented games uh, also where the younger brothers were the target, you know, which looking back on it was kind of medieval. But that's, you know, if you're that was your role as a big brother for a while until your younger brother got stronger and more physical than you. And yeah, then, you can't let him be a pansy. And then revenge came eventually. Revenge eventually, particularly if the younger brother gets bigger and stronger, uh, then you're going to have to pay for those games you made them play earlier in childhood. It's the circle of life. It's what that song's all about. All right, 405-651-3439. So, Taylor Tatum, any new developments, or is this a, is this a done deal for OU Friday Feels pretty secure for Oklahoma. Feels pretty secure. Because the Souter Nation, they could not take an SC, like, Taylor no, Tatum be, putting on an SC hat Friday. It's either going to be – absolute revelry on OU Twitter on Friday, or it's going to be a complete and utter meltdown. There is no in-between. It's not as if everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, well, Taylor Tatum decided, well, that's that. 
Has there been a real mule shoe meltdown in recruiting yet? A mule shoe? Like they lose a player yeah. to mule shoe? Not that I can recall. Uh, yeah, I can't think of one either. But this would be one. But you feel really strongly about Oklahoma. I mean, every sign is pointing to Oklahoma. Every sign. Even the SC people are saying it's going to be Oklahoma right now. So this would be almost of the David Stone level of what the – right? If it happened Friday? Yeah, I would be shocked at this point. I would be shocked if that thing swung back towards USC. What was the uh, shocker of the year? Well, what was the biggest surprise of the year last cycle? Was it Peyton Bowen or David Stone? You mean David Hicks? Or David David Hicks. Golly. DJ Hicks. Uh, I would say the bigger surprise was DJ Hicks. Um, I just – I. I don't even know what word you use to describe the Peyton Bowen arc. Because that was 11 months of, again, I don't even know what word to use here. It was the culmination of 10, 11 months of buzz and talk and hype. And in the end, he committed to Oregon and 24 hours later signed with Oklahoma. Like, it was it was one of the most bizarre recruitments I've ever covered. That went from sheer heartbreak to elation and like, what was it? Was it 24 hours almost? Was that? Well, signing day was on a Wednesday, right? He committed to Oregon at noon on that uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. And I remember and then, that we were waiting it out because I was at Riverwind and we were waiting waiting out and we started getting word, hey, 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 wait a minute here. And 24 hours later, a little over 24 hours later, it was about 1.45 in the afternoon the next day, he was committed so to, it must have been, he was signed with Oklahoma. It must have been a Thursday. Was, was signing day a Thursday? Because, it might have been a Wednesday and a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. because I remember I was at Riverwind because I can remember – being at Riverwind, on their Wi-Fi, waiting for that situation. Cherokee Sooner says, Peyton Bowen took 10 years off Parker's life. Yeah, that's probably not far from the truth. Yeah. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, the SC crowd thinks that Tatum is a Trojan. I have bookmarked. Bookmarks for days. For days. The SC but the XP, the SC I don't experts think they still think that. that. The SC experts I'm are sure saying, they thought that at one point. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a time when SC looked like they were in a pretty good spot, right? And then Champion Barbecue came around and another visit for Taylor Tatum, and it the Sooners appear to be in the driver's seat there. So it would be a surprise Friday at 11 a.m. Any news on uh, – we talked about Williams Winery. You still think he's solid for Oklahoma? Anything on Nigel Smith, Dominic McKinley, Danny Okoye's down to two rights? Well, not down to two. He's taking two more visits oh, two before more the visits. season. Yeah, it's Alabama and OU. Those are the two schools that he's visiting before his senior season kicks off. But Texas is still involved there. Uh, I know Oregon is a school that may get a fall visit from Okoye. So, yeah, you're not nearing the finish line with that kid. But and I, you could say much the same with McKinley. But one area I feel good about in general, like the targets left on Oklahoma's board, outside of maybe Braden Platt – and Grant I, Bricks. Well, yeah, Grant Bricks. There's a lot up in the air still 
in that recruitment. But for the most part, the targets left on Oklahoma's board are guys that Oklahoma leads for. And Caden Durham would still be one of those. Yes, I believe they still lead for Caden Durham. Okay, so again, yesterday, Zion Raggins, the uh, kid that's a speedster out of the state of Georgia. You know, we're talking about this is going to be a guy that if you can get the ball to in the open field, he can run past you. He's not going to win any jump balls. But guess what? He can be running past, you know, entire secondaries with that speed from time to time. And uh, certainly if you get him the ball in space and you get some blockers in front of him, he's got a chance to hit a seam and take it to the house too. So Zion Raggins, the uh, commitment came down yesterday for the uh, Sooners. Or it was Monday, right? No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Ohio Sooner says, give the USC fans a break. They didn't even know what football was until November of 2021. Uh, There's a certain amount of truth in that. That's right. K-Dub in the 918, any chance Cowherd and his love affair for Tebow is personally trying to recruit NIL Tatum to USC over OU just to keep his narrative about OU falling off intact? I honestly, It honestly wouldn't surprise so me. So that listener is theorizing that Colin Cowherd mm-hmm. is threatening to fork over a chunk of change to Taylor Tatum in exchange for his services in the, uh, what is it, maroon and gold, garnet and gold? Is it garnet and gold? Is that what it is? That's Florida State. Oh. They're cardinal and gold, I think. Cardinal and gold. There you go. Yeah. I think. I mean, I've always kind of liked SC's uniforms. They're pretty good. I like them, too. Traditional. I, I, I will knock USC on many things, but their uniforms and color scheme, that's not one of them. From the 918, anything new on Michael Boganowski? Still an OU Kansas State battle for the four-star athlete out of Junction City, Kansas. He's going to visit both schools at the end of this month. A decision, I would imagine, comes in August. It's a tight battle right now. Who's in play? Well, it's OU Kansas State. OUK State, period. Yeah, okay, you just said that. All right, my bad. Uh, he sounds like a Penn State guy, though, to me. Boganowski? He, yeah, with an Owski at the end. You sound like you're <laughs> headed to the Big Ten, in my opinion. Steelman School of Stereotypical Football on display right here. But most of the Owskis played in the Big Ten back in the day. I mean, that's probably not far from Seems the truth because like. they probably come up from Penn State type of territory. Mm-hmm, that's right. Like Phil Pachotti? Mm-hmm. Sounds Penn I still State-ish. can't believe Oklahoma signed that kid. I sounds, you know, like Rutgers or Penn State kind of guy, right? Phil Pachotti. All right, we got to take a break right here. We've got Caden uh, McFarland coming up. I about almost said Caden Durham. That would have really got some people excited. But it Caden is, Durham live on the show next. Right. No, it's Caden McFarland, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't quite have the forty time of Caden Durham, but he does have some information for us. So stay with us. He's coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Ref. We are back. We had uh, some audio from SEC Media Days. Of course, earlier Nick Saban, Sam Pittman talking about growing up an Oklahoma fan. Those were our Ortho Central clips of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman and Midwest City for a long, long time. And they are the very best. Now that brand new spot in the Tri-City area, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. They're full-service clinics, treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. We go to the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Well... Actually, I regret to inform you that we have been unable to get a hold of Caden really? McFarland. Caden so. is unavoidably detained? It appears so. Okay. Well, that's fine. We can get him on maybe tomorrow then. Let's hope so. All right. Hopefully uh, hopefully everything's all right with Caden. So, so anyway. Okay. Uh, 405-651-3439. Let's go to the... Uh, 
Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Angry Ronnie on Michael Boganowski says, LOL, I thought the same thing, Steely. Big Ten name for sure. Well, you know what that means? He's going to USC. going to play for Mule Shoe in right. the Big Ten. God, that is still so, so weird. I, I, I can't wait to see uh, those guys in just an absolute snowstorm and like 10 below. Jim in Arlington said, says Oklahoma did have fullback Aaron Ripkowski yeah. not too long ago. Rip is uh, out there. He's a streamer on Twitch now, too. Is he well. really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a big uh, – he, he usually plays uh, Call of Duty. Man, you and Aaron Ripkowski are basically the same person. Except that he's a really tough guy from the Sooners in the NFL, and I'm a really wimpy guy from uh, Madden and NCAA football. Big difference. But he is a streamer, too. Good guy, Aaron Ripkowski, and he was tough as nails. So, yes, you're right, Jim. Absolutely right. One of the last true fullbacks in the NFL. I mean, these days, I think there are only two, maybe three teams that even roster a fullback. It's old Kyle Juszczyk. He's the last of a dying breed. Who's your favorite non-sooner fullback of all time? Mike Allstott. That's a good one. From Purdue to Tampa Bay, that yep. dude was a man. Mike Allstott was a load, man. College, I would have to say, hmm, again, outside of OU. I'm trying to think who my favorite Sooner fullback would have been. Maybe Lydell Carr. Kenny King was pretty good. Kenny King, Jimmy Latrell back in the day. But I, I might go with, it's between Lydell Carr and Kenny King. Both excellent players. 405-651-3439. Maybe for uh, maybe an A&M guy, George Woodard back in the day, uh, would be the one that would be my favorite fullback outside of OU. He was, he was a load, too. George Woodard, Texas A&M. And Aggie, really? You going to go there? Yeah, he played. Uh, who was in the backfield in that team? You, you, one of the halfbacks. They were running the wishbone. Bubba Bean, which was, is one of great, that was a great name, Bubba Bean. And they had uh, Curtis Dickey, I think, was the other running back. And they also had a wide receiver named Carl Roaches. That's back when A&M and Texas had some good rivalry matchups. There's some good names that people are bringing up, though. What was the – I just saw a couple. Tom Rathman. Yeah, yeah. Peyton Hillis. Jeff Frazier. One listener says, I believe Jeff Frazier still has one of the longest runs in OU history. Tom Rathman, yeah, he was great at Nebraska and with the 49ers. Uh, ooh, here's what, like on the topic of football, here's an interesting question from the text line. I'd like to hear your answer to this, Steely. This listener says, tough question. At this point, would OU rather have Peyton Bowen or DJ Hicks? I mean, you probably have to say DJ Hicks, right, because of um... – Well, I – I actually would say Peyton Bowen. And but listen, I think are you talking about right now? Yes. Not about okay, well right now, yeah, when you've got Bothroyd and you've got Trace Ford and you've got new guys coming in. Well, those are those are more ends, but you've got more help on the interior defense. Here's here's the way I see it though. Peyton Bowen is a truly elite safety. I we're talking about a guy that in a year or two could be an all American. At that position. I would say should be an All-American at that position. He is wondrously talented. Whoever you could possibly replace Peyton Bowen with at safety in that Oklahoma class 
is not nearly as good of a football player as Peyton Bowen. Now, the same can be said about DJ Hicks, and that would be true. But take a look at this 2024 cycle and who Oklahoma, in all likelihood, is going to get on the defensive line. David Stone, Williams Nwaneri, potentially Dominic McKinley, Wyatt Gilmore, Jaden Jackson. Can I interest you in Zena Amozalu mm. or Danny Okoye? You top it off with Nigel Smith. All right, so this is shaping up to be an elite defensive line hall for Oklahoma. That helps alleviate the sting of the loss of DJ Hicks a year ago, and it also enables you, two years down the road, to be playing high-level ball all across the defensive trenches, not necessarily have one individual stand out, but a bunch of guys that are capable of wreaking havoc in the trenches. And if they're not making life hard enough on a quarterback – you got Peyton Bowen hanging back there from his safety position, roaming the entire field. Yeah, and, and my answer initially, not understanding the question, is when their decisions came down. Would you have rather had in the class Hicks or Bowen? And then, look, that's a very tough call anyway. But based on what we know now roster-wise, yes, I would say that Peyton Bowen is that guy. Bigger get, Nwaneri or Hicks, says the listener in the 580. That's your I'd- call. Man, I, that's tough. I would say based on upside, you go williams Nwaneri because there is nobody like him in the entire country in this class. Six foot five and every inch of it. Enormous hands, 260 pounds, and can run a sub 4'7". It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Now, Dave, don't get me wrong. In my opinion, DJ Hicks was the best defensive player and probably the best player overall in the entire class last year. But he's also only about 6'2", 280 pounds. So, yeah, he's a war daddy. No question about it. When, when you think about the ceiling, when you think about the ceiling for DJ Hicks versus Williams and Winnery, I think the ceiling is significantly higher for a guy like Nwaneri because of the physical tools he has at his disposal. David Hicks is just mean. I mean, that's what makes him special. He straight up is just meaner than anybody else at that position, anybody he lines up opposite. He is the meanest guy on the football field at all times. There you go. Williams Nwaneri is mean too, but he's also mean at six foot five, two fifty. 720 says, Bowen all day. I'm like Venables. I want the kids that want to be here. Yes, he almost went to Oregon. Yeah, and like I said, when I initially looked at it, I was thinking about at that time in last year's class, who would you want? And that's why I initially went with Hicks. But, yeah, it's easy to say now, Bowen, because he wants to be here. I get it. But, look, they're both got, obviously, very high ceilings. Clearly, they're, that's what five stars have. They have this ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. KW918 says, even as desperate as OU is for D-tackles, I agree with Parker and take Peyton Bowen. That kid has the best film of any high school defensive player I've ever seen. Well, and not only that, he's going to help you in the return game a lot, right? Yep. I mean, he's the kind of guy that uh, we were talking about Dion. What did Dion do when he was a great defensive back, great cover corner? But also when he got the pick, man, he was – he, he had one goal, taking it to the house. And in the return game, Peyton Bowling can certainly help there. So, yeah, that, that was such a huge <laughs> such a huge deal uh, when Bowling finally wound up at Oklahoma. Because the class was going to be pretty good without him, 
you know, and you had your disappointments, whether it was, you know, DJ Hicks or Colton Vasek or Anthony Evans. You had some disappointments, but it was still going to be a good, solid class. Without Peyton Bowen, it would have been, what, top seven, maybe, top eight in that range. But it felt like that was just going to be the bitter taste you had from signing day was, oh, my gosh, you know, Peyton Bowen. What happened? But worked out. Worked out great for Oklahoma. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Kid of Myers Chevrolet text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Let's call a timeout right here. Coming back, some final sports notes for you and more of your texts. Let's keep them coming. Stay with us here on the Home of Sooner Fans. From Twitter, Steely, who do you want to win the Open Championship? That would be Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy would be my choice. Won the Scottish. Those two iron shots down the stretch were big time last week. So I will be rooting for Rory. Riverwind Casino, here's the game plan. Friday nights, get on out there. Enjoy a great meal at Steak Night at the River Buffet. Great, great spread. All-you-can-eat steak, $19.99, heck of a deal. Also, Collective Soul on the Showplace Theater stage. That's going to be big time. Some great tunes there. December, Gel, Shine, a lot of really good songs from Collective Soul. And you can be out there and take part in the 60K double play and double winnings uh, drawings, which are happening both Friday and Saturday, 7 until 11.30 p.m., Friday and Saturday night, they're going to award two winners every half hour with either $400 in cash or $400 in bonus play, both Friday and Saturday. So that's a lot of winners. They're going to get $400 cash or $400 bonus play. Then just before midnight, both Friday and Saturday night, two grand prize winners will also be picked. They will receive either $100,000 cash or $1,000 in bonus play, plus any unclaimed cash from the preliminary drawing. So it's a big Friday night uh, with the 60K double play and double winnings promotional drawing. Then you can see Collective Soul Saturday night. Again, the uh, 60K double play and double winnings uh, draft as well. It's going to be a fun, fun time at Riverwind Casino, as it always is. Other shows coming to the Showplace Theater down the road. Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows, Ario Speedwagon, Chicago, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington. Aaron Lewis, you had the new ones booked with Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr, Flatland Cavalry, Lee Bryce, Boys to Men. The Showplace Theater is back in a big way, and that's another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, um, so you're a fan, I gather, of the show The Blacklist. I am, yes. Now, did you start on, like, Netflix, or did you go NBC back in the day? So what happened was, so me and my fiancé started the show – Back in December, I want to say. And it was on the first nine seasons were on Netflix. So we started watching it on Netflix with the goal that, okay, we're going to catch up on all 10 seasons of the show by the time the series finale airs live on July 13th, 2023. So we watched the first nine seasons on Netflix. We had to transition to Amazon Prime Video for the final season. But we made it. We got through all 10 seasons minus the last two episodes right before 
they aired live last week. So I got to watch the series finale live in real time. There you go. We we just started. We uh, you know we love to uh, to binge watch, and uh, you know about the only thing I will watch an NBA game, you know, or another sporting event on my phone while my wife and I are watching a series, unless it's like an OU football game, an OSU football game, or Thunder basketball, or you know, like OU basketball, something big. But so we ran out of we we've watched everything. You know, you finally you get to that point where you're like, what are we going to stream now? There's nothing. And so the blacklist is on Netflix. And I kind of thought, you know, it's a it's a network show. It's it's from the networks. It's not. So I was kind of hesitant on it. But. We've watched, I think we're five, six episodes in, but it's good. It's really good. James Spader is really good in that role as Red Reddington, obviously. But I kind of thought, you know, it's a network, it's an NBC show. It can't be that good, right? But it is. Uh, the only thing I don't, it's a little, there's, there's the, the TV formula where everything gets solved within a 60-minute time period. But the stories are really hey, good. Hey, you'd be surprised. How much of the show have you watched now? Five episodes. Like, we're five deep. Yeah, no, trust me. You're going to get, like, season two and season three, that's, like, the most riveting, like, the most absolutely riveting television I've ever watched. So they're not, like, everything's going to be solved in every episode. No, trust me. You okay, will get good. to a point in that show, I believe towards the end of season one, where those episodes aren't going to be self-contained anymore. And you have to watch them sequentially to follow what's going on. And there will be, I mean, there are storylines that linger for entire seasons on that show. Sometimes multiple seasons. Okay, good. I like those then. I like to be dragged along. I like a good slow burn every now and then. That's exactly what so it is. So does uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army. Likes a slow burn. <laughs> every it's a day. different kind of slow burn, but <laughs> <That's> yes. <right. laughs> the Blacklist is my favorite show. No spoilers. I won't spoil you. I don't do that. I don't like that I don't like that at all. By the way, did you see this? They're putting a $2 billion Disneyland-sized theme park in Veneta, Oklahoma. What is the theme park? I mean, it's not, you're saying a Disneyland, like, what is going to be the theme? I don't know, but I saw that circulating on Twitter, and I was like, Veneta, Oklahoma? Where is Veneta? How and why? I'm it's up to... in the northeast. It's okay. like north. It's like further northeast than Tulsa. So basically, you drive through Tulsa and just keep driving. You'll hit Veneta eventually. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I wonder what are you going to call an Oklahoma theme park? Bumpkinville or what? <laughs> Sooner? <laughs> Bumpkin. They had Dogpatch USA in Arkansas. That was about as redneck of a theme park as you could find. You just go ahead and Google up some pictures from Dogpatch USA. Now, we'll have a great theme park here. Have you watched Suits? Yes. Absolutely. Really good. 100%. We, we love Suits. It was awesome. Um, Yes, absolutely. Uh, is it better than Lost? See, I love Lost. You either really like Lost. There isn't any real gray area on Lost. I mean, we've watched them all. We really have. But uh, I also like Billions. Although, does it feel like Paul Giamatti kind of plays the same guy in every movie? and Except when he was like John Adams. But I, we like Billions a lot, too. We finished that. We're waiting on the final season coming out middle of August. Fargo miniseries. Yeah, I've been close on that. People have also suggested Peaky Blinders. I, I gave up after one episode. I just didn't. But 
some people have said if you dig a little bit deeper and you hang on a little bit longer, you'll like Peaky Blinders a lot too. But yeah, I, w- I was a big Lost fan back in the day too. So anyway. All right, we are out of time, and we've got Locked In coming up next. And what are they going to be talking about? Sooner football, sooner recruiting. Yeah, Brian, Suits is great. Uh, We love Suits. It was really, really good. If you like storylines that drag out, try Days of Our Lives. Well, I used to be a young and the restless guy, but my schedule changed. So, And I'm serious. Okay, we got to get out of here. Want to thank our friends at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, Dr. Bellardo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then want to thank, of course, the one, the only Riverwind Casino sponsoring our hotline. They are simply the best. Can't wait to be out at Riverwind again on Friday. Don't forget the big show coming up this weekend, Collective Soul, Friday night. Can't wait to be tomorrow out at Cavens Group. See Gary and the crew out there. Everybody, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Let's get locked in up next.